The story is called The Story of Dead Hippie Bend and How I Met My Wife. It was 1973. I was in grad school trying to be a painter and a sculptor. And I'd met a man in Colorado the week before that had told me that homesteading in Alaska <clears throat> was going to open back up any day. So I got a letter. Homesteading Alaska was going to open up. I immediately packed my truck, dropped out of grad school, put all my worldly belongings in a truck, and drove to Fairbanks, Alaska. I spent a month in Fairbanks looking to see where the best land was in the state that I could homestead, best soil, the best water, the best fish. And I found a place on the Holita River. So I had to get there, so I went up to the airport and they put me on a single engine plane that uh, flew to Lake Manchumana and the door opened up and it was 40 below and somebody threw some beaver pelts in my lap. And then we continued on and went to McGrath and stopped in front of the bar and somebody grabbed the beaver pelts out of my lap and took them out, closed the door. Then I got to Bethel and it's dark and they're closing up the airport. And Bev Hoffman's mother says, you're gonna to have to leave and come back in the morning because your plane for upriver is not till tomorrow. I said, well, I'm just gonna put my tent out here. And she says, you cannot put a tent out to the airport. I said, I don't know anybody. So she said, go in the bathroom, spend the night in the bathroom, and in the morning you can come out after a half an hour when you hear people out there so she wouldn't get in trouble. So I did. <laughs> So the next day we flew to Antioch and then they said at the Antioch, well, you're playing to sleep and it's the next day, you gotta spend the night. So I didn't know anybody there and this lady named Kathy Peltola, Jean Peltola's mother came up and says, I'm pretty Kathy, you can come stay at my house. She took me over to her cabin, kicked her two kids out of bed and I slept in their bed. The next morning we proceeded to go to Red Devil let me off in Red Devil, now I gotta find a pilot. Well, I found this guy named Richard Wilmarth. He won the first I did around. He put me in a super cub and we started flying up the river and we're going about 30 miles and we some, see somebody snowshoeing up the river. Now this is the middle of winter, it's cold. And the pilot says, oh, we gotta, we gotta stop and pick this guy up. So we pick him up, he's sitting in my lap and we're starting talking and I'm saying, where are you going? And he says, he's gonna homestead and I said, I'm gonna homestead. So. We had a piece of paper showing where we wanted a homestead and we wanted to go to the same place. So we went to the same place and there's a big bluff there and I know north from south and I said, well, what are we gonna do? He said, let's split it down the middle. He picked the north side, what a dummy. So the next day he went off by himself for two, three days hiking around and I stayed there and Tim should be happy. My first meal in the Holitna was muskrat soup. <laughs> So a couple days later, this guy comes back and uh, he had claimed a place and I already put all my markers out. And so this pilot came back and picked us up and uh, we flew back to Anchorage and I got in my truck and went back to lower 48 and went back to work for a year. And so it was time to come back up to Alaska and start homesteading. And I stopped by my old college and two of my old friends were just graduating and I said, well, what are you guys gonna do now? We have no idea. I said, you wanna to come to Alaska? I'll buy all the food for two years, I'll buy your sleeping bags and everything, let's go. They jumped in my truck, 
We drove all the way to Anchorage. We get to Anchorage and we find an airplane. It's wintertime, ski plane, single beaver on skis. Put all of our stuff in there. It all won't fit in one plane. So we got to do it twice. So we get in the airplane and the people that own the, the airline says well, it's going to cost about $3,000. And I said, well, I don't have that kind of money. So I sold my truck. We get in the plane, take off, flying at about an hour. And then all of a sudden the engine acts up. The oil pressure gauge goes down. The pilot puts it in a tight circle like that. My two friends and my dog are in the back and they're yelling at me, what's wrong? I don't want to say, hey, we're going to die. I said, oh, we're just going to go look at these caribou. So we're circling around. We're over Lime Village. He finally decides it'll be okay. We'll continue on for another 45 minutes. The engine's not going to quit. We're going to lose a little oil. So we get and land on the river. There's four foot of snow on the river. He throws all the stuff out. Can't stop the engine. Closes the door. He takes off. We don't know when he's going to be back. We didn't think about two trips in a long period of time. Luckily, we had one case of soup to last for a week. So we go up into the woods. We didn't bring a tent because there's only so much stuff you can bring. So we bring a big tarp and we made out a tent out of a tarp. And uh, the guy comes back in another week with all of our supplies. And so we lived under a tarp around the campfire for a while and it was 40, 50 below zero. And so one day a plane lands and it's a school teacher from Sleetenute. The guys in the village decided that those hippies are gonna die up there and they had named the place Dead Hippie Bend because they had heard three guys were up in the woods and they didn't know what the hell they were doing. So the school teacher lands and he's visiting around the campfire and he sees we're okay. And so my friend Kim is around the campfire and my friend Joe Klinger, who some of you might know who was a nurse anesthetist at the hospital, he was there. And he went down by the river and uh, all of a sudden we heard an explosion. And Kim says, well, what's that? And I said, oh, Joe's just fooling around with firecrackers. And so we kept staying warm around the fire and then we looked down and Joe's laying on the ice. And I run down to the river and I go down there and Joe's on his back like this and his gun is laying right there. We had seen a hole for a bear and we hadn't had meat for a long time so we're gonna go get the bear because it's gonna start coming out of the den and we carried pistols but we didn't put six shots in the pistol, we only put five but because we were excited about the bear we put another shell in there. Joe bent over the snow machine from a guy that was also visiting that day, his pistol fell out of his shoulder holster, hit the running board of the snow machine, it went off, 44 Magnum, the biggest gun made, the shell went in here, the bullet went in here, the bullet came out here, it went in here, and came out the back. So now Joe's on the ground like this, and the first thing he says to me is, hey, make sure I didn't hit myself in the balls. <laughs> I said, really? Yeah. So I open up his pants and, you know, I put it back. And I said, Joe, you're okay. I'm, I'm not, I, I wasn't going to tell him anything else. So luckily the pilot was there. Joe is six foot six, college swimmer. We took everything out of the plane. We put Joe in. We put the seat over the top of him. Kim got in the airplane. They took off. They're going to go find a hostel or something. 
So I've got to get the sleep mute. I've got to help them do something. There was another plane a couple of miles away. I snowshoed down there. I told the pilot I had to go to Anchorage. So I got a ride to Anchorage, get to the hospital. The doctors say, you know, you can go home. Your friend's going to be in surgery for all day long. I said, we don't know anybody. I've never been here. And so this nurse came up and says, you know, why don't you come stay at my house and, you know, we'll let you know. So Kim and I go over to this guy's house and a little while later, this beautiful woman comes up and says, hey, what are you guys doing in here? I said, Pat's not here. And the lady goes, what are you guys doing in my house? And then a little while later, this beautiful freckled faced woman came in, my wife, and she comes up and I said, Pat's not here. And she says, what are you doing in my house? I said, well, we're just staying here. So uh, after a couple of days, I had talked my wife into quitting her job, running the working at the hospital and, and going off into the woods with me and uh, raising six children and, and having a great adventure. And uh, so because my friend got shot, I met my wife. <laughs> <laughs>